Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 175 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and blockchain and all of those big buzzwords that everybody is so interested in nowadays. Uh, So I'm really going to do a deep dive into these things uh, that I know you guys are extremely interested in. And so I want to be able to appease you and and, uh, teach you something that you are willing to learn about uh, in these episodes. And I think it'd be really useful for you to understand uh, exactly what cryptocurrency is, uh, what Bitcoin and some of the other large uh, cryptocurrencies are, what they're used for, and exactly how they are built out. And so uh, we will learn and we will uh, talk about all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, then be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to keep you accountable to a financial plan and create a financial plan that is specific to you and your family's needs, then I can do that. Just go to my website, www mnowithdylan.com. Click on the work with Dylan tab and you can choose the financial coaching session type that would work best for you. And we can begin pushing towards your long-term financial goals together. So cryptocurrency, I'm sure all of you guys have wanted to talk about this or wanted to hear me speak on it, at least uh, in a little more length than I have in some of the videos uh, that I've put out, some of the episodes that I've put out, right? But let's start in this place where we just want to know what is cryptocurrency? Right. Well, cryptocurrency, it's got the word currency in it. Right. So uh, we know that this is some type of money. It's some type of something that we can transact with. So a cryptocurrency is a digital or virtual currency and it's secured by cryptography. Right. That's where we get the crypto part from which makes it nearly impossible to counterfeit or double spend. Uh, Many cryptocurrencies are created on uh, what's called the blockchain, blockchain technology. And I know many of you have heard about blockchain. We're going to get into a little more in today's episode exactly what blockchain is. So um, they put this out on the blockchain, right? The, The blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies generally are not issued by any central governing agency or central governing bank or anything like that, right? Like the Federal Reserve has no say over cryptocurrency. Uh, Cryptocurrency is uh, something that has been put out there and it is on this technology and it is what we like to call a decentralized currency because there is no central authority uh, that is saying, hey, you know, put more of this currency out there or hey, uh, let's do this uh, to inflate this currency or whatever, right? It is just on this particular blockchain technology uh, that cannot be changed by uh, individuals. It cannot uh, be messed with right, by some central governing authority. And so cryptocurrencies are systems that allow for secure payments online, which are denominated in virtual tokens, right? I know many of you have probably seen uh, those Bitcoin tokens, right? Uh, they, they aren't actual Bitcoins. Bitcoins are obviously virtual but you've seen those Bitcoin tokens that have the B with the lines through it as if it were a dollar sign, right? And so you pay in these virtual tokens and a lot of places nowadays are starting to accept Bitcoin for different things. I know Tesla came out, uh, I think last week or week before and said we would accept 
Bitcoin for the purchase of a Tesla vehicle. And then there's several other businesses that have begun to accept uh, crypto and specifically Bitcoin. And we'll talk about Bitcoin as we move forward here as well, because who can talk about crypto without talking about Bitcoin? Uh, but there are several businesses that have begun to accept this. Now, the, again, this crypto part of this, right? We know it's a currency, but the crypto part refers to the various encryption system algorithms, right? And the cryptographic techniques that safeguard these entries, right? These entries of payments, these uh, entries of purchases and selling of uh, these particular tokens, these different cryptocurrencies. Now, cryptocurrencies, they do have differing advantages and disadvantages to them. And so I want to uh, talk a little bit about what they are. Uh, obviously, we're not yet talking about putting your money into uh, cryptocurrency. We're just talking about what they are, uh, how they work, and how they may be advantageous or uh, in the opposite way. So uh, some advantages of cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrencies hold the promise of making it easier to transfer funds directly between two parties. Uh, because I can send you some type of crypto, you can send me some type of crypto, and there is not necessarily a middleman there. And uh, there is no third party like a bank or credit card company that is dealing with those transactions. These transfers are secured by the use of public keys and private keys and different forms of incentive systems. And that makes it to where uh, these are still very secure uh, payments, yet they are on uh, this blockchain technology and not being dealt with by different third-party companies. Now, with current uh, cryptocurrency systems, uh, many users have a wallet, right? There is a, there's a crypto wallet that you may have uh, or a certain account address, which has a public key, while private key is known only to the owner, right? And is used to sign transactions. Fund transfers are completed with minimal processing fees, allowing users to avoid the steep fees charged by banks and financial institutions for wire transfers. So uh, Bitcoin or other cryptos are making it easier to transfer payment uh, and doing it with um, definitely less friction than it was possible to do previously. Disadvantages of cryptos. The semi-anonymous nature of crypto transactions uh, make them well-suited for a host of illegal activities like money laundering or tax evasion. And even though that is the case, uh, the ledger can be checked. So we'll talk more about the blockchain ledger here in a little while. Uh, but individuals can go in and check the ledger. Uh, governments can go in and check the ledger. Right now, uh, one of the largest holders of Bitcoin in the world is the United States government because they actually have gone in uh, and they've stopped a lot of illegal activity and confiscated a lot of Bitcoin. So even though this is a potential disadvantage and an issue, uh, it is not as big an issue uh, as you know other things that may go wrong with crypto. Uh, some cryptocurrencies are more private than others. Bitcoin, for instance, is a relatively poor choice for conducting legal business. That's why I said the uh, you know, federal government has taken a lot of Bitcoin uh, from these individuals doing illegal things because the forensic analysis of the Bitcoin blockchain has helped authorities to arrest pro and prosecute criminals. Uh, more privacy-oriented coins do exist, however, such as Dash, Monero, Zcash, and they are far more difficult to trace. And so uh, this can be a potential issue with cryptocurrency, but uh, like you see, some of the bigger cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, the more accepted for payment cryptocurrencies, uh, they have more in place in order to secure the payments that are made. Now, there are some criticisms of cryptocurrency and they are far and wide. Since the market prices for cryptocurrency are based on supply and demand, the rate at which cryptocurrency can be exchanged for another currency can fluctuate widely. And they have 
fluctuated widely, right? Uh, just a year ago, cryptocurrency, uh, specifically uh, Bitcoin, uh, was trading for less than ten thousand U.S. dollars per one Bitcoin. Uh, now we are up towards sixty thousand uh, U.S. dollars for one Bitcoin, which is a a huge surge, right? Bitcoin has experienced some rapid. Uh, surges and collapses in value. It climbed as high as 19,000 per Bitcoin in December of 2017 before dropping to around 7,000 in the following months. And like I said, it has again exploded uh, to $60,000 and uh, nearly $60,000 per uh, single Bitcoin. So uh, cryptocurrencies are thus considered by some economists to be short-lived, uh, a speculative bubble or a fad, right? Because everybody is jumping in trying to make a quick buck. And, and that can be a big issue uh, when it comes to the stability of not just a currency, right? Because currencies need to be relatively stable if we want to use them for uh, payment and transfer. But that's not just an issue with uh, the payments. It's an issue with people wanting to actually put their money into uh, these different types of cryptocurrency because they don't want their money to be devalued uh, at a fast rate. They don't want their money to be devalued very quickly because of a wide swing in price. There is a concern that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are not rooted in any material goods, right? Some research has identified that the cost of producing a Bitcoin, which requires uh, an increasingly large amount of energy, is related to its market price. Uh, so again, this is a supply and demand driven asset. It is not uh, something that has a lot of uh, intrinsic value uh, in and of itself. There is no asset that is backing Bitcoin. Bitcoin is simply the asset itself. It's very similar to gold and other currencies, uh, fiat currencies in that way, right? A fiat currency is a currency that is not backed by anything. Like the US dollar used to be backed by uh, gold, but now the US dollar is not backed by gold. So, uh, you know, if people are worried about the fact that cryptocurrency is not backed by anything, uh, then why are they not worried that the dollar is not backed by anything? It's just as valuable uh, as somebody's willingness to accept it for payment, okay? And cryptocurrency blockchains are highly secure, but other aspects of the cryptocurrency ecosystem, including exchanges and wallets, are not immune to hacking, right? Hacking can occur. Uh, in the 10-year history of Bitcoin, several online exchanges have been subject uh, to hacking and theft, sometimes with millions of dollars worth of coins stolen or tokens stolen. Now, uh, this has actually sured up as time has moved forward. Obviously, when anything's really new, it's very difficult to um, you know, keep you know, the hackers out, keep the criminals out. But as things move forward, like I said earlier, uh, Bitcoin has become uh, far easier for uh, the federal government to step in and uh, take over and keep criminals from doing criminal things. Okay, so just quick, frequently asked questions about crypto. It's going to cover some of the things we've already talked about, uh, but it will allow you to get just at least a, an overview of what cryptocurrency is. So in the simplest terms, cryptocurrencies are systems that allow for secure payments online, which are denominated in virtual tokens. Okay, that's in its simplest form. How do you get a cryptocurrency? Any investor can purchase cryptocurrency through crypto exchanges like Coinbase, Cash App, and other things. It's very available to uh, purchase if you want to do so. What's the point? Well, many experts see the blockchain technology as having serious potential for uses like online voting, crowdfunding, uh, major institutions such as JP Morgan see the potential to lower transaction costs by streamlining payment processing. And so all this uh, would be a big point of cryptocurrency because the underlying technology is so valuable. 
And then how does cryptocurrency make money? Well, cryptocurrencies allow for secure payments online, which are denominated in those virtual tokens. And they are represented by ledger entries uh, internal to the system. Investors can make money with cryptocurrency by mining cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or simply selling their Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency at a profit. And then what are the most popular cryptocurrencies? Well, Bitcoin is the most popular and it's followed by uh, Ethereum, which is also you know, very large relative to the other uh, cryptos. And then you have you know, things like Litecoin, uh, Cardano, things of the like. Uh, but the uh, dominant force in the crypto uh, space is Bitcoin. And then Ethereum has made quite a run uh, on its own as well. And so let's jump from just talking about crypto. Let's jump into uh, the actual blockchain, what the blockchain is, how the blockchain works. And so everybody who's heard about the blockchain thinks it's, you know, it's extremely complex and, and difficult. And in some ways, it definitely can be. But the core concept is very, very simple. A blockchain is a type of database. OK, and this type of database uh, is a collection of information that is stored electronically on a computer system. Right. Uh, just like any other type of database. But one of the primary differences between blockchain and a typical database is the way the data is structured. A blockchain collects information together in groups known as blocks. That's why it is called the blockchain, right? So it, it, it puts the data into chunks, these blocks, uh, and these blocks are chained together, right? A blockchain collects information into groups, uh, puts it in blocks, and holds that set of information. Blocks have certain storage capacities and when filled are chained to other blocks of data, blocks of information. All new information that follows uh, any freshly added block is compiled into a newly formed block uh, that will then be added to the chain once it is also filled. Now this makes it so that all blockchains are databases, but not all databases are blockchains, right? Uh, you can have a blockchain database, but that does not mean that uh, any database that you use is going to be back by the blockchain system. And so the transaction process is actually quite simple, right? Let's say a new transaction is entered, like you try to go and purchase Bitcoin. Well, the transaction is then transmitted to a network of peer-to-peer -peer computers that are scattered across the world. And that's a real attractive uh, attribute of blockchain technology is that uh, the system of computers is worldwide. It's not something where you can go to one server and shut it all down. It's just not possible. Then this network of computers solves equations to confirm the validity of the transaction. And then the uh, confirmed transaction, uh, when it is found to be legitimate, uh, is clustered together into blocks. Like I was just saying, they clustered the data into blocks. These blocks are then chained together, creating a long history of all transactions that are permanent. And then the transaction is complete. And so once your transaction is on that blockchain, uh, anybody can go back in and check the ledger. They can check uh, those different blocks and see uh, what actually went on. And, and it is a, a long-standing history because the blocks are permanent. And then because of the decentralized nature of uh, the blockchain, especially for uh, something like Bitcoin, all transactions can be transparently viewed by the public. So if you use what they call a personal node or a blockchain explorer, uh, you can see transactions occurring live. Each node has its own copy of the chain that gets updated as fresh blocks are confirmed and added. 
This means that if you wanted to, you could track Bitcoin wherever it goes. Now, uh, this chain is obviously very uh, complex. There are tons and tons of transactions, but you could track it. So for example, exchanges have been hacked in the past uh, where those who held Bitcoin on the exchanges lost everything. While the hacker may be entirely anonymous, the Bitcoins that are extracted are easily traceable. If Bitcoins that were stolen and some of these hacks were to be moved or spent somewhere, it would absolutely be known. And so that is uh, an attractive feature of the blockchain as well. Uh, because you know where the transactions are occurring. Now, is the blockchain secure? Well, blockchain technology accounts for the issues of security and trust in several ways. First, new blocks are always stored linearly and chronologically, right? So they're in a line and they uh, are listed as they come in, right? That is, they always are added to the end of the blockchain, new blocks are. And if you take a look at Bitcoin's blockchain, you'll see that each block has a position on the chain called uh, a height. And as of November 2020, the block's height has reached uh, 656,197 blocks so far. So after a block has been added to the end of the blockchain, it's very difficult to go back and alter the contents of the block unless the majority reach a consensus to do so. So the majority of those a part of the blockchain must agree uh, to change what happened within a particular block. And this is important because let's say a hacker wants to alter the blockchain and steal Bitcoin from everyone else. If they were to alter their own single copy, it would no longer align with everyone else's copy. And when everyone else cross-references their copies against each other, uh, they would see that this one copy stands out and that the hacker version of the chain would be cast away as illegitimate. So uh, this can keep things more and more secure. So ultimately to hack the system, uh, it has to be hacked by uh, someone who can simultaneously control 51% of the copies of the blockchain. Due to the size of Bitcoin's network and how fast it's growing, the cost to pull this off would be basically insurmountable, right? Not only would this be extremely expensive, but it would likely be fruitless. You likely wouldn't get anything out of it. Doing something like this would not go unnoticed as network members would see such drastic alterations to the blockchain. The network members would fork off to a new version of the chain that has not yet been affected. And this would cause the attack version of Bitcoin to plummet in value, Bitcoin or other uh, cryptos and making the attack ultimately pointless, okay? So the security of the blockchain is amazing. And a lot of people, they want to put their money into uh, something that is backed by blockchain, right? They think that blockchain is a technology of the future. And uh, it's hard to argue with the security features of the blockchain technology. Uh, but that doesn't answer the question as to why does Bitcoin have value? What is Bitcoin about? What are these other cryptocurrencies about? Because yes, there are these cryptocurrencies and yes, they do transact on this blockchain technology, but why does the cryptocurrency have any value? Will the cryptocurrency have any value as we move forward? And should you be putting your money into it? And that's where we're going next. So here we go. Let's start with Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin is a digital currency that was created in January of 2009. It follows the ideas that were set out in a white paper uh, by this pseudonym called Satoshi Nakamoto, right? And uh, people think that this is the individual who uh, began cryptocurrency, who began Bitcoin, okay? The identity of this person or persons who created the technology is a mystery, and Bitcoin offers the promise of lower transaction fees than traditional online payment mechanisms. Uh, and unlike government-issued currencies, it is operated by a decentralized authority. So like we've talked about before with cryptocurrency, it's decentralized. A government doesn't run it. Okay, This is a type of cryptocurrency uh, where there is no physical currency. Right, Only balance is kept on a public ledger. And this is scary to a lot of people because they're like, 
you know, well, if there's nothing physical, then what is going on? Is it just air? Is it just, you know, something that is, you know, a fugazi? Well, you know, you don't quite know. And until you look into it, until you uh, understand exactly what's going on here, uh, you won't have as good of an idea. And obviously, uh, if there were no demand for it at all, then obviously it would be worthless, right? Just like any other currency. If there was no demand for dollars, then the dollar would be worthless. In the same way, uh, if there's no demand for uh, cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, then it would also be worthless. Bitcoin is very popular and has triggered the launch of hundreds of other cryptocurrencies uh, collectively referred to as altcoins, right? Bitcoin is really the granddaddy of them all. And then there are all these uh, smaller altcoins that go uh, along behind them. Not to say that those may not have any value, but relative to Bitcoin, Bitcoin was uh, the leader of the pack. Now, an interesting thing about Bitcoin and other cryptos, but Bitcoin specifically, is that Bitcoin is mined, right? Which means that there's a process by which Bitcoins are released into circulation. Generally, mining requires the solving of computationally difficult puzzles in order to discover a new quote-unquote block right, that is added to the blockchain. The, these cryptocurrency uh, tokens are added to the blockchain. So Bitcoin mining adds and verifies transaction records across the network for adding blocks to the blockchain. Miners are rewarded with a few Bitcoins. So these individuals who go about mining out Bitcoins, bringing uh, the Bitcoins to the blockchain, they unlock these new blocks and then they are also paid with a few Bitcoins, okay? The reward is halved every uh, 210,000 blocks. The block reward was 50 new Bitcoins in 2009. And just think about the value. Let's see, 50 new Bitcoins. At this point, we're talking you know, $3 million approximately uh, in today's value. Uh, and then they get halved every now and then, right? Every 210,000 blocks. So on May 11th, 2020, the third halving occurred, which brought the reward for each block discovery down to six and a quarter bitcoins okay so it becomes uh, less and less advantageous in the number of bitcoins that you receive for mining uh, yet there is still uh, this increase in price that has occurred so six and a quarter bitcoins is still quite uh, valuable a variety of hardware can be used to mine bitcoins however some yield higher rewards than others certain computer chips uh, are more advanced processing units uh, can achieve more rewards these elaborate mining processors are known as mining rigs and one Bitcoin is divisible into eight decimal places, a hundred millionths of one Bitcoin. Uh, and that smallest unit has been called a Satoshi because, like I said, the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto was used uh, in the creation of Bitcoin. Okay. And so that's just a little backstory on Bitcoin. Again, it, it falls into that cryptocurrency heading, right? But there are also other coins, right? There are other coins like Ethereum. And Ethereum is the second in command behind uh, Bitcoin. They, they are the two largest far and away, okay? And so what Bitcoin did is it signaled the emergence of a new form of digital money that operates outside the control of the government or any corporation, okay? But people began to realize that one of the underlying innovations of Bitcoin, the blockchain, could be utilized for other things. So Ethereum proposed to utilize blockchain technology not only for maintaining a decentralized payment network, but also for storing computer code that can be used uh, to power tamper-proof decentralized uh, financial contracts and applications. So Ethereum applications and contracts are powered by Ether, which is the Ethereum cryptocurrency. Ether was intended to complement rather than compete with Bitcoin, but it has nonetheless emerged as a competitor to the other cryptocurrency 
exchanges. And so there is something out there like Ethereum. And each different cryptocurrency is going to have something different about them. They're going to have different uh, things that are uh, specific to what they are, how they look, how they act, what they uh, you know, back what they uh, do with the blockchain technology. And so they're all going to look a little different. But again, uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum being uh, two of the largest. And Ethereum is being heavily used now to buy what, what they call NFTs, the non-fungible tokens, which I'm not going to dig too far into that right now. But that's really just, you know, the digital art scene. And it has been really heavily pushed by people like Gary Vee, who are, who are really heavy into that space. And um, so Ethereum is used to purchase NFTs and, and other things, and uh, it should uh, continue to be used in the same way that Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin's used for a lot of things, so will uh, Ethereum be. But then the ultimate question, and I save this till the end uh, because I, I want to uh, really dig into this for just a minute, and uh, then I will let you guys go about your time today. But is Bitcoin or Ethereum or any other cryptocurrency worth you investing in? Well, absolutely not, because cryptocurrency is not an investment, okay? We've talked before about investments, right? And investments, they should do two things, right? A good investment operation uh, should provide you with an adequate rate of return and preservation of capital, the promise of the preservation of capital. Well, currencies in this way, especially these very volatile, unstable currencies, are not promising you either one, right? They aren't promising you uh, that you will get to keep the money that you put into them, and uh, they are not um, allowing for an adequate rate of return in a in a for sure type of way, right? Because there's no way to put an intrinsic value on something like Bitcoin. Even though you know if you'd have bought Bitcoin uh, a year ago, then yes, you would have made a handsome gain from then to today. But uh, there was no way of knowing that you would actually make that handsome gain from then until today. But many people do believe there is still value uh, in these cryptocurrencies. They believe that uh, as we move forward, these cryptocurrencies will be used uh, as the currency of the future. They will be uh, the currencies that, that people use to transact, and it will be a worldwide system of these cryptocurrencies. Um, now, does that mean that you should go and put all your money into it? Absolutely not. That is not what that means, okay? But if you have, and I'm just going to kind of put a, a number on this, if you have at least $10,000 invested already, okay, you're in the part of the financial action plan where you should be investing for your future, and you've got over $10,000 invested into traditional investments like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things are going to grow over the long term, and you want to speculate, right, because that's what it would be in a cryptocurrency. It is not investing, it is speculation, because there is no guarantee of anything, right? There is no intrinsic value to be had. You are speculating in whatever uh, asset you are putting your money into, whatever crypto you would put your money into. If you want to speculate with less than 5% of your net worth, by all means, you can speculate with less than 5% of your net worth. Because, of course, if less than 5% of your net worth blows up into something huge, then it was extremely valuable for you to put something into it, right? So if you're as interested in it and you do believe it's going to be the currency of the future, then yeah, less than 5% of your net worth is not hurtful. But you have to remember this is not an investment, right? This is not investing. This is speculating. This is putting your money into something and hoping, right? We aren't hoping when we're investing. We are putting money into something and we know that over time it's going to go up in value. Bitcoin, we don't know over time if it's going to go up in value. Ethereum, we don't know if over time it's going to go up in value. Okay, we do know that it's a fad right now. We do know that it's really hot, 
And it may stick around for the rest of our lives and it may be something that really, really changes the world. But right now, there is no reasonable basis that you should take all of your money and put it into cryptocurrency. It is not uh, something that is stable enough for you to do so or proven enough for you to do so. But again, if you want to speculate in smaller amounts, then by all means, go ahead. Okay? Uh, it's not something that um, is going to kill you if it's less than 5% of your net worth, right? And like I said, if it goes up in value, then uh, by all means, you can cash in on the fact that you made money uh, in the cryptocurrency market. But again, these are currencies, right? You wouldn't go out and just buy a ton of euros right now because you think the euro is going to go up in value. Most people don't do that. Most people don't transact in other currencies. The only reason that people are interested in transacting in the cryptocurrency market is because of the you know, volatility, because of the you know, wild shots in price upward, right? Uh, we don't see that in more stable currencies, but what's the difference? There's really no difference. These fiat currencies like the euro, like the dollar, like the yen, there's really no difference between those uh, and these crypto versions. Even though the crypto versions are backed by this technology, they are decentralized, all these different types of things, they are still currencies. Okay, so if you're putting your money into currencies, that's just you betting that that currency is going to increase in value relative to the dollar, or the dollar is going to decrease in value relative to that currency. Uh, there is nothing that is going to drive the price other than that fact and then people actually wanting to purchase it. And so it can turn into a speculative bubble, so you should look out for that, uh, but it is not something that we invest in, okay? It's only something that you have the ability to speculate in if you have extra money and it's just a small amount of what you have, but you uh, should not be thinking of this as your retirement plan. You should not be thinking of this as what I'm talking about in the financial action plan when I say invest at least 15% for your future. This is not it. Uh, Bitcoin, yes, it may be around for a long time. Yes, crypto may be around for a long time, but you need to understand what you're invested in uh, and really be sure that whatever you're investing in is going to go up in value over the long term, not the short term. And most people who are transacting in the Bitcoin market are short term holders. Now, are institutions buying it? Of course, right? Institutions are uh, buying it in droves and, and that can really prop up the price and keep it up. But again, it is still a currency. It is something that you can speculate in, but it is not the way that we need to invest over the long term. So I hope this helped you to uh, you know, better conceptualize what cryptocurrency is, what the blockchain is, what Bitcoin and Ethereum are. I'm not claiming to be an expert and I'm also not claiming uh, that you should just stop at what I put out in this, in this episode. I think uh, you can do deeper dives and understand it even better from individuals who um, are a lot closer to the action uh, than I may be. But I, I know that this is something that was really wanted by a lot of you guys. A lot of you wanted uh, this type of information. So I thought I'd put it out there for you, help you to understand it a little better and hopefully answer any questions that you may have about cryptocurrency in general. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, then be sure to uh, subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to create a plan that's specific to you and your family's needs and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can help you do that. Just go to my website, www mnowithdylan.com. Click on the work with Dylan tab and you can choose the financial coaching session type that would work best for you. And we can begin pushing towards your long-term financial goals together. So tune in Monday 
as I talk about financial literacy next week because April is Financial Literacy Month. Uh, and I cover some topics uh, that are specific to learning more about uh, finance and financial markets. And so Monday, we are going to talk about bull and bear markets, what they are, what they look like, uh, and what they may mean to your financial future. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.